You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, everyone, it's time for the next episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. We're joined today by Kyle Hall. He's the host of the Broadway Hat podcast, which is a really awesome Rangers podcast. They do a really nice job over there. I think my favorite part is, you know, all the guests that they have. They're so interesting. They're cool. He's had Don LaGreca on, Doug Lidster. Doug Lidster was on the 94 Rangers when they won the cup. And uh, I think I think this is a, those are those are amazing guests, guys you would never think about. And it's it's good for the for the listeners. But anyways, thank you for joining us, Kyle. How are you? Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, like you said, I've been lucky. I've had some really good guests on the show. Um, and you know, obviously, you would love to have the Brian Leeches and Mark Messiers of the world come on your podcast. But personally, I actually love hearing from guys like Nick Kiprios and Doug Litzer, who are on the '94 team that played like depth roles, you can say, but were really good hockey players. When you you know look at their careers, like Doug Litzer had a huge career, and like. No one knows that. So to bring light to that, like I think that's really cool. So how did you get into podcasting? Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, because of COVID, I started working from home. Uh, so I worked in New York City and I started working from home and um, it was kind of like I always wanted to do a podcast of some sort of some way. And I did a little bit of uh, writing uh, when I first got out of college. My buddies and I had a blog, uh, like a sports blog, kind of like a Barstool Sports kind of like satire kind of a thing um and i always wanted that we did it for like a year and we stopped doing it and i always want to kind of get back to it somehow and uh belly up sports the network that i'm with now uh was hiring for a writer and it kind of just all fell into place and it was a new york rangers writer and i started doing it and then we were kind of talking about you know i wanted to do a podcast and did a couple episodes and it started to get a little traction and um ended up you know going full-time with the network as a full-time show so uh, since then it's it's been great that's awesome yeah, that's i awesome. mean we kind of have a little bit of the same story i mean we're both students um and then obviously covid hit we were kind of sitting home all day not doing anything and then it's just like a random thought came to me i was like joey like you want to start like a rangers blog because we've met uh, before at our school we go to the same school as stevens and i knew he was a big ranger fan i was a big ranger fan we would always have like debates during class so we're like, why don't we just like bring this to the world of uh, let, let everyone hear our debates. Um, so we started a blog and then after that kind of morphed into a podcast. And that's pretty awesome to hear how you got into it and uh, uh, how you went full time with it because it, it's going great. Yeah, it was one of those things where at first and you probably the same thought. You're like, who the hell is going to listen to me <laughs> bitching and moaning about the Rangers? And then <laughs> you do like the first show and all of a sudden like you see like, like I heard from a couple of people that I haven't talked to since high school. Like obviously it's my Facebook. I'm putting it on like nothing serious, you know, nothing big. And like, dude, love the show. Like, I love what you did. Like you had a guest on that's crazy. And then I was like, Oh, maybe that maybe we can actually do this. So, um, so yeah, I, it was really like getting over that hump. Like that first episode was huge. Cause it's like, is anyone going to really get to listen to this? And like, we had, at the time I what was on RSS, like some little crappy thing. And I was like, all right. I see three people listen, like, that's good, I guess, you know, and finally, like, the second episode was like 25 people. I was like, Oh, <laughs> triple audiences now. So, um, so yeah, like that, that first couple episodes of getting that confidence was huge. Yeah. It's definitely been, it's been a long road for us. We we're like, I guess you could say free to play. I just got this, this new mic from my brother. Um, <laughs> so like I had this, this really crappy little mic here. <laughs> and uh, the quality was really bad and i just think like if more people were into hockey they'd listen to like both of our podcasts and stuff because we talk about the nhl too and i i don't know it's just i have lots of friends that uh you know they're, they're into sports but they're not into hockey and that's the thing that like kind of yeah i know i i, I agree 100 percent. like so many of my friends are huge giant or jet fans and 
like even on Twitter, like I interact with like giant and Nick fans, and I'm like, oh, you hockey fan? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind then. I guess you don't care. You know, you won't care about this. But, um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing probably for you guys too, because I've listened to a couple of your shows, is like you said, like you guys listen to, like you guys talk about all hockey, like not just the Ranger stuff too. And obviously, we're both Ranger centric podcasts. And like people will be like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I put like a show out there. I'm like, hey, like check it out. And I'll have a hundred Ranger fans like, you know, liking the show. But like, I'm like, most of the episode was me talking about Jason Strudwick, you know, not on the Rangers. And I'm like trying to like send it to like Canuck fans and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I don't want to listen to a Ranger show. <laughs> I'm like, guys, just listen to the show. Like, just listen to it. Like, he's talking about like Mark Messier and Mike Keenan, but in Vancouver, not in New York. So, um like stuff like that like it's it's tough uh you know you need some guerrilla marketing for this stuff i think mark messier gives canucks fans a bad taste in their mouth because (laughs) for two reasons one he played for them towards the end of his career and i don't think he was as good and like i don't know the reception i think the reception was just poor there and he was on the 94 team that beat the canucks in the finals so yeah and in Edmonton, they hate Edmonton. They beat him 94. And then I think he took the C away from Trevor Linden while he was there, too. Took the C away from Linden. Wow. Yeah, which I think was a little big deal. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. That's Mike Keenan. What do you expect? <laughs> Mike Keenan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. He's a, Mike Keenan was a, like a one-and-done kind of coach. Yeah. Um, he, he came in, burned the place to the ground, and left. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyways, we're going to get into our topics for the episode. We wanted to talk about the offseason for the Rangers. we got lots of key players we got to re-sign. So, Pavel Buchnevich, Phil Petal. we got to sign Igor Shesterkid. We just signed Lindgren to that three-year, $3 million extension, or a $9 million extension, $3 million per year, uh, which leaves us with about $30.5-ish million, assuming a $81.5 million ceiling. I don't know what the, what the ceiling is going to be for uh, next year, but assuming that it's the same as last year again it's it's 30 30 and a half million what do you think about you know signing Buchnevich and Heedle and uh those guys what would you yeah contracts would you give them I mean I think Buch has to come back right I think he's a guy if you didn't get rid of him at the deadline there's a reason for that um you know they're not I I think they're probably unfortunately probably just gonna do a bridge deal for him it looks like I don't know I I don't know if you sign him to a long-term deal I think he's earned it um uh, just the way that he's developed as a player. Uh, he's now a full, you know, uh, I mean, he's a complete player as opposed to where he was more of an offensive player when he first came over. He's one of the guys that actually excelled under Quinn. Um, so I think he's a no brainer to come back. I wrote a blog about him back in, I think it was like January. We talked about on the show. Like if you were to sell him, that's the time to sell him was now, you know, he, his value will never be as high than he was right now. Um, so, I mean, I think he's a guy you have to bring back. Um, and like another guy you kind of lump in with him is Ryan Strom. He's got one year deal left, one year left on his deal, obviously with all the Eichel excitement running around and everything else with that, you know, another guy who I thought they should have probably dealt at the deadline too, considering his value might not be as high as it ever will be then, you know, I don't know what it's going to be at the draft, but. Um, you know, he's a guy that the Rangers were floating in trade rumors all last offseason. Like during the draft last year, you thought he might be traded during uh, training camp. You thought he might be traded to a team that had an injury. And then he just had another really good year and he plays great with Panarin. So, and again, he's got to listen to trade rumors this summer about Jack Eichel. So and he's a guy along with Buchnevich that like, if they're going to stay, like give them their deals now um, if you plan on keeping them. But um, yeah, I just don't, I don't see them getting rid of Buchnevich. I think, you know, I saw, I think Lucia Banter came out with a, a, a thing today. They wanted to sign him to a long-term deal. I don't know about long-term deal, but I think, you know, I think he has to be part of the equation going forward here. Yeah. I was, t- I was just talking to Kiriakos before, before uh, you hopped on. I think Buchnevich deserves the long-term extension and he should get a long-term deal. It would be good for, you know, just to build the, it would strategically, it would be good. I, I don't, I don't see what a bridge deal would do except for increases value it lead him to ask more money in a couple of years. So like if you sign him to two years, what is he now? Like 25 years old, take him to the brink of unrestricted free agency where he could ask for whatever he wants. So I'd say lock him up four or five years now and, you know, five and a half million, six million, 
who knows? I think yeah. that I would do that. I would, I think that's fair for him. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, like you said, Kyle, I, I, I've, I don't think I would ever see him as a complete player coming into the, to the Rangers squad, but he's his defensive game. I, I can't praise it enough. I think he's done so well um, in defensive zone and he's had one of his best years offensively as well. So I think, going forward i don't see him kind of dipping I, I i do see him as a little bit of an inconsistent player but i think he should definitely be locked up like you said for another four or five years but strom and Heedle, i think are kind of i think it, it's one of them one of them's got a bite and i don't know which one it's going to be i th- I love strom i love Heedle. um i think that strom has a little bit more value uh but in terms of trades for Eichel and stuff, Heedle might be the guy. So I don't know. In in that direction for that that second line center or third line center, if if we acquire another first line center, um, I think one of them might not be on the squad next year. Oh, 100%. I think one of those guys has got to go if you bring someone in. I mean, mo- like you said, most likely for Eichel. I mean, Heedle's got to be in that trade, I would think, from a Buffalo perspective. And then – from a salary perspective, if you do bring in someone else, you know, Strom's could be there making what 5 million or 4.5 next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot to have him on the roster along with another center. And then what heels could play wing and Strom. Strom, by the way, if, if they do bring someone in, they say they're bringing in Eichel and they can figure out salary wise, how good of a third line center man would Ryan Strom be? <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. you went, I mean, you go from having a really weak, down the middle to like wow Zabanjad, uh, you know city of eichel Zabanjad, eichel and strom and then you have like a kevin rooney as your fourth center like that's a really strong unit <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not i'd be on board with that i <laughs> okay so you saw that that trade proposal i had for eichel on twitter right it was it was strom uh zach jones gochier and a first round pick and a second round pick for eichel yeah would you do that is that fair? For, from fair. a Ranger standpoint? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think, yeah, from, first off. Oh, I mean, sorry. Yeah, from Buffalo standpoint, I don't, I don't even know what Buffalo's thinking about right now because now they have Reinhardt, who apparently doesn't want to be there either. They have Eichel, who is, you know, saying weird stuff in the media. Like, I don't think anyone wants to play in Buffalo. No one wants to play there. No <laughs> one wants to play there. Let's, I mean, it is a dumpster fire. They, you know, the coach was in and out. You know, they've had new coach now they have a GM who I don't know what Kevin Adams is doing there. Like they, you know, I don't know. So I think there's such a wild card in this whole thing. Like I can see Eichel just staying in Buffalo and being miserable and they just hold on to him because they don't know what to do. They, they don't want to get fleeced by someone and then have to look at Eichel every year, the rest of his career. And be like, that was our franchise player that left and is now, you know, an MVP candidate. But from a Ranger standpoint, like you said, you have to include, one of those centers. So you have Strom in the deal. You have to give up one of the young defensemen just because those are your lottery tickets, those young defensemen. Like, yeah, they're probably going to be really good, but you got about eight of them. So like you have to get rid of, like they can't all play. So, I mean, those are the guys who you get a deal in these deals. So like Zach Jones is probably the guy who Buffalo has the most exposure to being as he played college hockey. He played some games in the NHL. He's about to play. Kevin Adams is actually an assistant um with uh chris jury on the u.s um world championship team so he's gonna get a real up close look at uh jones over there the world championships so i think he's definitely a guy who buffalo is gonna be looking at when you look at niels lundquist he's had a great year over in sweden he's obviously one of the top defensive prospects in hockey anyone would probably want him but you know they haven't his North American game is improving where some of these guys come over and they struggle in North America first couple of years or look at Dolan. Like they have Dolan from Sweden too. Like he had a rough first year. He's played a little better now, but I think any team focusing on these Ranger defensemen, they got to look at Schneider and look at Jones, I think first. Hmm. Yeah. I, I want to stay away from giving up Lundqvist because um, I've heard really, really outstanding, great things about him. And I would just, I just want to see him at least, one time, one time <laughs> on, in Ranger Blue on, on the Garden Ice. Like, I just want to see what he could do because that, that has the chance to be one of the best offensive defensemen, honestly. I, 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 maybe that's just me. But I think, I think uh, Buffalo should, should definitely consider that, that proposal. I, it's possible that 
that's the offer. There was a report that the Rangers made an offer last summer, and it was reasonable. It's a, I have a feeling that it could be similar to that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if, if Buffalo is going to fight that. But my biggest fear is if they fire Kevin Adams and hire Jeff Gordon, <laughs> and then before before like you know if they don't trade Eichel, then Eichel is never come never leaving the Rangers or never coming to the Rangers. Like if, if Jeff Gordon's the general manager. Well, you brought up Gordon. So today they just announced that Columbus brings back GD today. You know, that announcement yep. came down yeah. last night. Yes. yes. But there was a whole rumor that Buffalo was interested in bringing in JD, Gordon, and Quinn, like as the threesome, like coming back <laughs> to life in Buffalo. I saw it last week and I was like, well, there goes Eichel to the Rangers. Like, there's no chance they're trading into New York. I'm like, can you imagine those three getting the band back together in Buffalo? That would that would be exactly. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> I'm signing Elias Pedersen to a, an offer sheet right away. Oh I, yeah, or trading for Barkov. Better chance of signing Pedersen. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I think I think I I think having one of those big centers is a, like a is a priority for the Rangers this offseason. That and getting like some guys to fill out the bottom six. Because you have those arguments that are like, oh, we got to get tougher. This, this squad's uh, built all skill. They can't play in the league. They got to beat in the alley or whatever. Like, nah, we're not reconstructing our, our roster. We're fine with our skill. We'll just add a couple, one or two guys that could fight. But they, ha- they can't be scrubs, not John Scotts or Tanner Glasses. Someone like players that could actually. Hey, you're talking about NHL, NHL All Star MVP there with John Scott. All right, calm down. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were gonna make a movie about him apparently yeah i heard that they should <laughs> but what about um so what about guys that are in our current bottom six like gotier howden di giuseppe um guys that have kind of shown improvements i think di giuseppe's had a good season um but he kind of fell off towards the end um after his injury and gotier had a problem cracking the lineup but i thought was one of our best players in the bottom six I thought he showed glimpses of of greatness down there to be honest with you um and me and Joey are on the hashtag free Julian Gauthier uh bandwagon but what do you see what do you see with those guys and and the expansion draft coming up first off I'm in that bandwagon too um, <laughs> let's go I think I liked one of Joe's tweets about that I'm like I'm all about Gauthier I think you can't teach that size and speed um, I, I mean, he's a first round draft pick. He was a good junior player for whatever reason. Like Quinn just didn't think he was a complete player to put into the lineup. I, I mean, there was, like you said, D Giuseppe, he started off really well. And then he dropped the face man, the full shield. And all of a sudden his game went down. I don't know what, why it happened there. He was <laughs> protecting COVID for the longest time. They dropped it. He started, started playing bad, but, um, I think D Giuseppe, I just don't see him coming back, to be honest with you. I don't think he plays into this team's future. Um, I am a big Kevin Rooney fan. Uh, I think I'm the only one on Twitter who's in the Kevin Rooney uh, fan club. I say it all the time. Um, hopefully, I get Kevin on the show. We've talked. So, um, I will always be a Kevin Rooney fan. But I think he, I thought he actually played a really good fourth-line center. He produced offensively, which I didn't see coming. Um, he's draw- I think he had the most fighting majors in the Rangers, too. So, I mean... Talk about like guys you want to keep that are a little scrappy in the fourth line, a good penalty killer. I think Blackwell is a fourth line player for you or a third line player for you next year, not a second line player for you. Um, I can't tell you how many times I yelled at my TV about Kratzoff playing 10 minutes a game on the fourth line and Blackwell's playing second line minutes. But mm-hmm. again, the guy had 12 goals and 20 points and whatever games he played. So like he did produce, but like just seeing him on the ice instead of Kratzoff and like, over Lafreniere in the second power play, I would lose my mind. I'm like, why is, and I understand like the guy actually was producing, but you're just stunting the growth of these kids. And I was so mad at Quinn. I'm not the biggest Quinn fan, but I mean, that was one thing that I was uh, just not happy about this year. But then like, when you look at the rest of the team, like I think Gautier and Howden are probably the two guys that Seattle would target. Um I mean, Howden's a young 22-year-old centerman, so, like, obviously, another guy has a really good junior pedigree, like, was a top prospect, plays well in his defensive zone, like, for a younger player, kills penalties, but obviously just was snake-bitten to score this year. 
what do you have two goals and like i think one was an empty netter so yeah, yeah. um yeah. yeah and the guy wants to hit like 30 posts this year too <laughs> like so many posts but i just i don't know i and ranger fans kill him though too like i feel so bad for him like i hope that guy's not on social media um but i mean if i'm seattle and i see a 22 year old kid sitting there that i mean he was the centerpiece of that big trade with Tampa. So like, obviously the Rangers saw something in him looking back on it. I mean, I wish we got, you know, didn't get, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nesnikov. Yeah. Oh my God. Like there was a whole rumor that Brandon point was supposed to be in that trade. And like the Rangers, yes, you know, it's like, yeah. So like all these prospects, they pick those two and that's rough. I mean, that's probably Gordon's one, one bad, you know, a couple, he made a couple of bad moves. That's obviously the biggest one, but, uh, but I mean, I think looking at next, next year, I'm like, you have Blackwell in that bottom six, you have Rooney in that bottom six, go to that bottom six. And you bring in, like we said, a couple of guys who can skate and also be tough. Like I talked about Zach Cassian today with Ryan Spooner. Like he's a guy that if you bring in a Zach Cassian, like he can skate, he's not like a thug on the ice, but like no one's going to mess with that dude. Like there's not many guys that have messed with him. I, it's, you know, guys like that where kind of like a Brandon Prust, like that's why Brandon Prust was so loved by Ranger fans. Like he could actually play and he also would just beat people up. Like he wasn't a, you know, I liked Colt Nor too, cause he was beating people up, but like Colt Nor was a seven minute fourth line player. Like Prust would kill penalties. Like Prust would play like third line minutes. So he blocked um, shots. yeah, he blocked shots. Like, you know, you bring in someone like a guy who I think they should target. We'll probably get into some playoff talk later on, but like Blake Coleman, you know, like he's a guy who I think would be a perfect addition to this team. You know, he's, he can play third line center. If you do lose, um, you know, if he leaves for another trade or whatever, or move him to a wing, like he could play third line center. He's tough. He's, uh, you know, after every whistle in this Tampa series, he's fighting with people. He blocked shots. I mean, I liked him when he was with New Jersey. Like I just think he's a really solid player and I don't think he's going to cost a ton. Yeah, I'm. I fully agree with everything you're saying right now. I you get my you get my seal of approval. Um, Blake Coleman good, would be a great addition to this team, and also Barkley Goudreau too. Like, the, yes, you play on the same line, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think Goudreau's been out. I don't know if he's hurt or he's been scratched the last couple of games or whatever his problem is. But he's a guy who they traded a first round pick for that guy. So like, right. obviously, like they liked him a lot, and. He another, I mean, we'll drop the gloves in a minute. And he's another guy who like he can skate, he can play, he can score, he can block shots. I think he's only like on a one one point four something million dollar deal. So like he's not making a ton of money. And what's his name? Cicerelli that's down there. Tampa, first off, has an NFL size salary cap right now they're running with with all the players. Yeah. So like they're not gonna be able to sign any of these guys in the offseason. Like they're gonna lose guys. Yeah. And the fact that the NHL didn't expose like, play, like teams didn't expose this like last year, like knowing that, like first off, like Cicerelli, Cicer- whatever his name is, out there for anyone to sign as a restricted free agent, it would have cost I think a second round draft pick. No one, like I thought the Rangers were going to target him. No one went after him like in a sign trade or anything. So I mean, it's all the NHL's fault. Like these teams fall for not exposing them. But I mean, good. I mean, if you can do it, do it. You know what I mean? Like if, if this is the Rangers, I'll be like hell yeah. Like let's run up the cap and go win a championship. I don't care. I agree, man. We've been talking about offer sheets um, on our last episode that we didn't, we didn't put out yet, but um, I think obviously like a a second round pick in compensation for, for offer sheeting a guy like Sorelli is, is kind of a no brainer. Um, But yeah, I agree though. All those, all those guys you're naming are are definitely great additions down there in the bottom six that I think will, will definitely help. Rooney is a guy I like as well. I think he he definitely fits in with the squad going forward. Um, and I I really want the Rangers to lock up Smith too, Brandon Smith. I, well, well for I, one year for one year, one or two yeah. more. Years, like I didn't mean lock up, but I think he needs to be back next year. We've already done that once. No, I million cap hit. Please no. I am on the Brandon Smith train. I've been saying it since the middle of the year. I'm like. The guy can play left and right side. He's the only guy on the team. I mean, Rooney did it too, but like drop the gloves for people. Everyone I've talked to, like the minor league guys I talked to that played with him while he was in Hartford said like he was the nicest guy. Like he came down he was like all about it. Um, took him out to dinner. Like he was like the best locker room guy. So um, I'm all about keeping him for like a million dollar deal. Like one year, seventh yeah. defenseman, like 
veteran. Um, like I know, uh, what's his name? Um, Fox said it in his interview, like after the season, like Smith was kind of like held the team together on the defensive end. Um, they all made fun of him because when Trouba went out, he had like more games combined by like double of anyone else on the like, defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, like the entire defensive squad combined, like doubled with Smith's like career <laughs> games. And like, he only played 500 games. which was amazing. You know, great career, but like, it wasn't like he's a thousand game player. <laughs> Um, so I am a fan of bringing him back for a one-year deal, but again, you have so many of these young defensemen that you don't want him to stunt or take a job from one of these young kids. Right. But I do think you, it, there comes a point like we talked about with Buchnevich where you do need to have some type of a veteran presence on this team along with these young kids. You can't just have them all running around and, uh, you know, with no one really directing them, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that's what made the Rangers of like, the 2000, 2015, like rain, like that Stanley cup team. So good. That runs the cup was that they had that good mix of like young players, like Kreider. And, um, and they had like the veterans that were there, like, you know, Callahan was there for a couple of, was there, like, you know, for those teams, like stall and Girardi were all like that young nucleus that came together and kind of were leaders together. And I think they're, they're starting to build that now with the Foxes and the Miller and, um, I just, I like the direction they're going with the young nucleus, but you still need those veterans around them. Like the Rangers always had like a bread, like a bread Richards there. Like they always brought in a, a veteran that came in that kind of like led them along. I told you, Kyriakos, we need that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been suggesting like, you know, like all the oldest players or whatever and <laughs> leadership. And I think we already have that with, with, um, with Smith. And if they bring in a guy like, like, like again, one of those gritty players like uh, Coleman or Goudreau or both of them for that matter, that'd be great. Um, even, even like when trading for Eichel, they get a guy that's just that's been around, even though he's not, he's only been a captain for like a couple years now. Um, still a leader. Yeah, still, you know, still, still seen as a leader on that team. Yep. Still I have a, I have a random name that I'm like kind of like all in on for the Rangers this off season. It's the most random name. You could be like, really? Go ahead. Nick, Nick Benino. Oh yeah, actually. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Cause he's played on the penguins, the predators. Yep. He's a, a bunch, a bunch of really good teams, a bunch of Stanley cup experience, an NHL veteran for a year. He's a UFA at the end of the year. Who did he play for this year? He's on Minnesota right now. Oh. Watch, watch him in Minnesota. I like that. I yeah, like that. I, I he can play center. He can play wing. He kills penalties. I just think if you're looking for a veteran, I don't think he's a call. I mean, he's on a four million dollar deal now, but he's be 34 next year. I don't think he's gonna get four million again. I don't know. Yeah. He's a guy who kind of stuck out to me. About, and funny enough, like I'm about to write like an off season kind of like wish list, and I'm looking through all the guys the other night, and I'm like stuck on Nick Benino of all players. <laughs> I'm like looking up his stats, his defensive stats. And I was like, damn, Nick Benino could still play a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The Hagman Benino Kessel line, that was, you know, one of the best lines in, in the playoffs. And it killed me to see Hagman on that line. Yeah. I, I missed that. I missed Zuccarello. Oh, man. I mean, this team, but yeah. I put a Twitter poll up the other day. I'm like, who would you guys rather, you know, for Ranger fans, who would you rather see win? I had uh, Minnesota with Zook and Talbot, Carolina with Faust and Shea, or, um, Winnipeg with Pionk as like the new like get their get their cup. Basically, I want to leave out the Tampa guys and I want to leave Hagelin out because they've won enough. And uh, I think it was like eighty five percent Zuccarello. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't a big Brady Shea fan. His first year was awesome. I loved his first year. His rookie season was great. But then after that, it just uh, it fell off the table. Kiriakos, you felt differently than I did about him. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I think people were hard on him, but he definitely did drop off that second year. I mean, he's playing well now. He suddenly revitalized his, his whole game, and he's playing really well down in Carolina. Um, but, yeah, I, you know what's funny? You brought up Cassian before, and, like, you watch an Oilers game, and he's he's literally playing on the first line with McDavid. And you and then, and then you see how he fits into the Rangers squad. You're like, yeah, like, he can crack the fourth line maybe. Yeah. He, yeah. Maybe. And like, that's how poorly built the Oilers squad is. And I, I feel so bad for McDavid. We're going to this now. Oh my God. <laughs> McDavid could score 300 points on the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
<laughs> like that like and that's the like the, the minimum yeah like, it's crazy i i literally just got off the phone with ryan spooner before this so it's like fresh in my head and he was bashing edmonton like for when he was there and like that time period. he's like i was asking about this trade to the rangers he's like hey, you know like they were rebuilding but at least it wasn't edmonton and i was like <laughs> you went there afterwards and he's like he just was like mcdavid's so good and they just have nothing around like, it's just nothing built around him it's just crazy how they have him and dry sidle and they've just done like obviously nugent hopkins is there but like they just have done nothing to build around like not like there's no wings like i know yakpov didn't like didn't work out for them but like they just have nothing going on. It's just crazy the numbers they put up. Yeah, they just it's the drop off after uh, Drysital and McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. It's it's so so drastic. It's like who's the best player after that? Yamamoto. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, for yeah, Nurse is good on the D end. Like he's yeah. a good defenseman, but like offensively, like. McDavid is skating around dudes and then drop passing to Zach Cassie. Like, really? <laughs> no depth whatsoever. That's just, that's terrible. Like, that's. And, and who's their goalie? Mike Smith? Yeah. yeah Mike, he's like yeah. 95 years old out there. Yeah. 95. And Koskinen, who's also 95. Yeah. Where's number 19 as a goalie? You can't trust that. <laughs> but yeah. Go, yeah. going into the playoffs, they lost their first game. Um, I don't ugly. know. If, ugly last night. Very ugly, and I don't know if I see them coming back after that performance. Is there a world where Connor McDavid requests a trade? Just to throw it out there, is there oh, a world? Man. Well, I mean, they traded Gretzky. Uh, <laughs> any, I, I forget who I was talking to one year, and they're like, "If Wayne Gretzky can be traded, anyone can be traded." I, I don't know. I mean, there was a whole rumor earlier this year that Crosby was thinking about getting out of ta- out of out of Pittsburgh. Wow! You know, that was a whole rumor that was back in January, February. I had on the, I had a guy on the show from Canada, Rod Peterson, and I was like, "Have you heard anything about this?" And he's like, "Not really." But like, there's a whole thing that Crosby's agent apparently talked to Pittsburgh and was like, "If you want to move him, he's open to move to a couple teams." And the Rangers were obviously on the list. Wow! But like it was the Rangers in Colorado where there's two teams because he would. <laughs> play for Colorado's obviously a wagon and uh, he uh, what's his name McKinnon's from his hometown um, so obviously they're friendly and then the Rangers are the biggest market in the you know in hockey um, so I I and I think the other one was Montreal I think but uh, I mean I don't know I first off I don't think Crosby will leave now because I mean Pittsburgh turned their season around from the start and you know, they he was I think he's obviously not McDavid's the MVP because of numbers wise, but Crosby was unbelievable this year with no one around him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Their whole team was, bro. Like they, they came out of nowhere. I was looking at them in the beginning of the season. I was like, this team is not going to crack the playoffs. And they ended up getting first seed. So yeah. they they really like and they have no goalie either. Like Tristan Yari, Jari, whatever. Like, I don't think he's good. <laughs> like at all. No. Yeah, like, he, I, goals he let up in game one were sus. Like that was just like Dude, you got to stop that crap. That's a that's a no screen wrist shot from the blue line. You got to stop that crap. Yeah, I don't know, but they, look, he's played well. They turned their season around, and and uh, they've been doing well. So, who do you who's I want to ask first? Who's your sleeper pick in the playoffs that no one's talking oh, about? Um, damn sleeper pick. I mean, the pro the the best thing about the NHL playoffs is that anyone can win. Mm-hmm. Like literally, anyone can win. And I hate to say it. And I know, like, everyone's all over Boston. And, like, I don't hate the Islanders. And I, <laughs> like, it hurts me so bad to say that. Like, I don't hate the Islanders. Um, and it's mostly because I don't think Pittsburgh is good when they are. Like, we just said, like, you look at their yeah. team, and it's like, they shouldn't be good. And then I love the Wild. I mean, I'm rooting for the Wild. Um, I mean, Vegas is a really good team. Obviously, Flurry can just be get hot and just not let anything in. But, yeah. like, I just love the Wild. I love watching – um, Kaprasov, I, I, there's a fun team to watch right now, and you got to root for Talbot. I always had a soft spot for Talbot because of just his Ranger career and everything else. So, I mean, heart pick Minnesota, mind like brain pick. I guess the I have to say the Islanders. I guess I don't know. I okay. And, yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess so. And then I, I would guess Winnipeg if out of the North. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. I mean, yesterday we were talking, me and Joey, I was like, I need the Maple Leafs and the Oilers to get swept in the first round because, <laughs> because they literally have such big heads because they played like the worst teams in the NHL up in Canada. And now they think they're like hot stuff for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So um, I just, I can't wait to be on hockey Twitter tonight and have Toronto lose. Like <laughs> if the Maple Leafs lose tonight, I will just, and I got a bunch of buddies like who are Leaf fans I've become friendly with and I wish them no harm, but I do would love to see them lose game one, just to see the pure panic <laughs> that comes and, out of them. And I think the Canadian scratched Caulfield, uh, Kaniemi uh, and Romanov. Oh yeah. They got, a yeah, I saw that too. If they win, if they win, you're never hearing the end of it from Maple Leafs fans and Canadians fans because they're bad too, Canadians fans. They're those those guys. They'll they'll brag about that crap. They're. I think the Canadians lost like the last like six games too coming into the playoffs. Coming into the playoffs, yeah. So if they win this, if they win this, even more fuel to the fuel to the fire. If they win this Montreal tonight. You're not going to hear the end of it until tomorrow night at the very least. Yeah, until game two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a whole bunch there's gonna be lots of content honestly but i guess i need a florida win tonight because i want to see that go seven i guess oh yeah i do too I, yeah that is a great series that first Dude, game was so electric it's so annoying to me that like how evenly matched those teams are and then tampa brings in kucherov and stamkos and they literally <laughs> score every single goal like it's not even funny they score every like every single goal you see tampa score they're involved somehow and i just want to know how that series would have went if tampa was cap compliant well it's crazy i saw today that tampa's only playing 11 forwards and set and they're playing 11 forwards and seven d men tonight because they're getting a double shift kucherov i mean oh this guy went God. from not being able to walk quote unquote the entire year because of hip surgery to oh may 15th comes around guys playing 25 minutes a game <laughs> what is happening right now? A double shift Kucherov the entire game. Yeah, they're talking about double shifting Jesus. him. I was like, what? What world are we in right now? I'm like, the beat guy for Tampa, like, literally wrote "lol" back to me. <laughs> I was like, you guys have an NFL salary cap. Kucherov's playing 25 minutes a game. Like, what is happening down there? <laughs> and the other thing, which is why the NHL, just their marketing team, and like. I really hope it changes when they go to ESPN and to TNT or TBI, whatever, TNT when they move over. Cause tonight they have Tampa. Well, the other night they had Tampa and Florida on CNBC at eight o'clock while they had the Islanders on uh, NBC sports, which is like, okay. Crosby's playing on that game, but like two really boring teams to watch. Like they're very yeah. good teams. There's a boring game I and you're going to, you're going to hide those two. Like, Literally everyone after game one was like, that was the best playoff game in years. And yep. then you go hide them on CNBC. Like no one knows the hell channel CNBC is on. <laughs> and then tonight, same thing. Islanders penguins are on NBC sports and they got the lightning on USA at six 30. Oh. So like, what the hell? Like what kind of marketing is that from the NHL? Yeah. We, we, we've been talking about it so much. It's just like, Playoff hockey is the best, like hockey in general, is just the best sport. And NHL is the worst league ever. Yeah, like say that. we we've said that on like every episode of this podcast. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, no one's beating Colorado. If I if I'm, if I'm being really the, honest, the thing is, like everyone says, no one's beating Colorado, and you always have that one team every year where everyone's like, oh, like no one's beating them, President's Trophy winner, and then they like lose in the first round. If if someone manages to beat Colorado, and I think Vegas is the only one in my mind that could do it, that team's winning the cup. It's either Colorado or the team they lose to. It's got to be because I, I I just really can't compare. I can't compare like Colorado's got everything stacked offensively, defensively. Their goaltending is good enough. Grubauer is playing great, and they played through. That Kadri got the match penalty at the towards the end of the game. That could have been disastrous. Five minute power play. They only let up one goal, and then they kill off the rest of it. Get the insurance marker, and were able to close out the game. They played through adversity, so that hits all my requirements for a, a, a dominant hockey team. How about Kadri with another probably suspension? 
Yeah, he's he, definitely suspended. No, no. I don't know what happened to him. Once he left Toronto, I feel like he just like became the most dirty player ever. I feel like he, he didn't really have that in Toronto, did he? I think he was still like a little he was. Okay. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. He's, he's such a scumbag. Bro. He's, he's he's a good player. He's good for Colorado. And I I swear, I, I know for a fact Maple Leafs fans miss him and they wish they never did that trade of uh, Barry and Kerfoot for Kadri. I know for a fact they they definitely want Kadri back because it's just an, he's a different kind of player. He's yeah, you want him back, but he gets suspended every other week. <laughs> yeah, every playoff series he gets suspended for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Everyone was talking about like before the game happened, like because of the COVID protocols that there was the positive tests before the game or something, and it's just like I'm just here. Uh, to hear about Kadri, and this was before he laid that hit on. I'm just here waiting for Kadri to get suspended again, and then he goes and pulls this hit off, and now it's just like, how did you know? Of course he's gonna do that. Crazy. But uh, my last point: Nathan McKinnon is a beast in the playoffs. He's just he's a great player, period. But when it comes to the playoffs, he takes it to a whole nother level, and it's hard to match that from an opposing team standpoint. So that's why I think Colorado is going to take it all this year. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's all I have from for, for the episode today. You guys want to add anything before we wrap it up? I'm good. I mean, what's your uh, – who would you want to see the Rangers add? Give us, give us some names. Eichel for sure. That'd be nice to have. Um, and I want, again, one or t- I want two or three of the guys that we talked about. Uh, two of Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau, and Nick Benino. Two out of those guys. I want that for the bottom six. And if they could do that, that'd be great. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy. It's going to be a lot to it's, – it's, it's, it's hard to expect a, an Eichel trade, to expect the Rangers to – pull off a blockbuster deal. But if they could do that, I would be extremely happy and excited. But if at the very least, they only get two out of those three guys for the bottom six, I'll be satisfied. I think the fact that the Rangers are favorites for the Eichel trade makes me think that they're not going to get him. (laughs) So as much as I do want him, I think that I'm skeptical as if it's going to happen, especially because we're going to be in their division if it goes back to normal. Um, but I do want to see that happen. Obviously, Eichel's like a top five player, uh, like when he's playing his best. Um, but I could see them go after some other top line guys um, that we might not be thinking about. Like I, we've been talking about Matthew Kachuk, maybe. Um, he's also a guy oh, that can fit in. Your I would top love six, him. Right. I would love him. Yeah, because he's a guy that could fit in your top six very well and bring that gritty style play. Um, so he, he would be a great asset, but I just think we're, we have a little too much on our wings to have a guy like Matthew Kachuk, unless we give up some of those pieces, which I don't know if we're ready to give up on. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot that they can do and there's a lot that they need to look at this off season, especially because they made it clear they want to go in a, in a little bit of a different direction. Um, so I think that there's going to be a lot of movement. Um, but yeah, I'm just eager to see what's going to happen. If the Rangers were able to trade for Matthew Kachuk, you'll never hear a an article. You'll never see an article from Larry Brooks talking about a North South, South hockey player. <laughs> he will have full, complete release of his part on. <laughs> so and, talking about talk about Eichel, if the trade included Kako or um, Kratzoff, would you be okay? Oof. I don't think so. Paco, I would not be okay. Kravtsov, that's that is that is oh, man, that's that's a tough one because I really like Kravtsov. I think he's the most underrated out of our forward prospects. I I'd be I would I would be really 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 inclined to put the trigger back in or put the gun back in my pocket. I don't know in my holster. I yeah, just, I would never do it for Kako. Ever. Not for Kako. Definitely not for Kako or Lafreniere. You're out of your mind, especially because Eichel's got that injury and the yeah. cap. And we're taking all of that on. Not So Buffalo Buffalo comes back to you, and they say, all right, we want Kratzoff, Heedle, 
and say Matthew Robertson, defensive prospect, no draft picks. Do you take the deal? Kravisov, Heedle, and Matthew Robertson. I might. Yeah, I might. I might actually. Yeah. I think I think I would. I mean, from a standpoint of the Buffalo Sabres, those are three excellent young players. Yeah, that will definitely be in their squad and yeah. playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I would take that. Not gonna lie. I mean, it would hurt a little bit, obviously, but I think it's a trade that they would make. I would be so pissed to give up Crabshaw, but you know, that's a that's a that's too good to to you know pass up. I'd say without draft picks in there. You're you're you still you still got Zibanejad, you still got Strom, you still have Panarin, Kako, Lafreniere, they're all there. Fox is still there, and you're just adding Eichel and getting rid of you're adding Eichel, yeah. I mean, you're essentially trading them two first round picks and a second round pick, but they're just picks that you've seen complete the NHL selected, level, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Higher team, right. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a that's not a not a bad trade at all, honestly. I. It, if Buffalo manages it right and has all three of those guys in their lineup opening night and plays them all 82 games next season, yeah, that could work out for them. And all 82 games next season and all 82 games for all following seasons, that'd be a good trade for them. Do you think Buffalo has the smarts to make a trade like that, though? <laughs> That's what I thought of before. Like, they're such a wild card. I don't know. <laughs> They literally got a second round pick for Tyler for Taylor Hall. Like what? <laughs> I understand. Like he had like a gun to their head. Apparently, like it was like trading to Buffalo. I was, like, I'm not doing it. I'm trading to Boston. But like, what do you do? Like I looked at like Palmieri had a first round pick for him. Like, yeah. I don't think Zajac put them over the edge there. Like I don't think that was what put them. Like I don't see. Like I don't, know. I don't know if they have like the prowess to make a move like that. Like, I feel like they held out to the last minute and they were like, Oh crap. Like we have to trade you today. Um, and like, up oh, Islanders got someone up oh, Colorado got someone like, oh, I guess Boston's next on the list. And Boston's like, we'll give you a third round pick. And they're like, make it a second. Like, right, deal. Oh I just my God. That's, see- that's probably exactly how it went down too. <laughs> That's just a Buffalo war room. There's like, oh crap, today's a trade deadline. All right, it's 1 p.m. <laughs> oh my God. Trade at Taylor Hall at the beginning of the season <laughs> when his value yeah. was still existent. I, yeah, before he went 50 games with only one goal every head. <laughs> right, yeah. I, and, yeah. Oh, man. Like, Michael, if he goes to like LA or something, I'm just going to be, I'll be upset. I'll just be like, why? LA's got LA's got a ton of young talent too. They do have a like, ton of young talent, but I don't think they're anywhere close to taking the next step yet. They're, they're no, wrong. see, yeah, the difference is the Rangers would use Eichel as like the not the final piece, but like one of the final pieces to be a contender, kind of like the Panarin. Like, I mean, he would be like the Kings Panarin, like he's the first piece of the turnaround. Yes, yes, they'll they, if they get Eichel, they'll probably be a good team next year, but. If the Rangers get Eichel, they go to a Stanley Cup contender while the Kings would go to playoff hopefuls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. If I'm Eichel, I, well, first off you're in LA, so it's not a bad deal. You're leaving Buffalo. So like anything's probably better, but like either going to New York city or LA, like those are pretty good. The best is I saw Arizona was involved somehow. Like they were interested. And I'm like, could you imagine going from Buffalo to Arizona? It's like just, oh. just one bad situation for another, but like, at least it's like nice weather outside. Like that's, I guess the positive of that, but like, like one, you get up Buffalo, I'm like, all right, we'll send you to Arizona. <laughs> See, I think that even though like Eichel doesn't have a no move clause, I think he definitely has a lot of say in where he's going to go because he can, he can literally tell Buffalo, like, I, like, if you trade me to that team, like, I'm literally not going to step on the ice. I'm not going to play for them no matter what, like, they tell me. So, I think he does have, a, like, a decent amount of say in where he goes, to be honest with you. Well, they have to do it, I think, this year because there's no trade clause kicks in next year. Yeah, it does. So, it like, does. they have to do it this offseason or else, like, then he's going to be, like, Taylor Hall and, like, tell him where he wants to go. Like, right. And then they lose, you know, any negotiation skill that way. But Yeah. Um, oh, bef- before we – sign off here what about goalie situation who's the backup goalie next year um i think it's Georgiev. yeah, yeah I, th- I think they stick with it i don't I, I, like I, there was a little blip 
obviously and it, like a lot of fans were, were just like on really Jordan mad yet. yeah really like really mad and i kind of like like wanted to stick through it i think georgiev's proven that he's been a good goalie for us um and i think he's a he's a more than capable backup to igor um and i see igor playing a lot better next season as well i think he he did have some some hiccups throughout the season as well um but there was a lot of turmoil going on this season so i don't really um look at that as much so i think they really stick with the tandem they got going on yeah i mean i don't hate it i, I so many fans like oh we love kincaid and i listen i, I think kincaid's a solid third goalie like what he is and he had what two or three games there he got really hot and had to yeah. start out and like probably increase his value because i don't he's not a ufa i think they have one more year in his contract with him um think, okay but um yeah because they can expose him as, in the draft so he's definitely signed to next year so He'll be back as their goalie, I would think, next year. I love the taxi squad setup. I think the NHL should keep it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice because it, it gives some players an opportunity to play if, unless, like, based on their contracts, like, if it's not two-way, then they have to go through waivers. Yeah. And it eliminates that. And, you know, it gives a little bit more opportunity for some of the guys that can't crack it. So, like, guys like Ty Ronning that – seemingly have been stuck in the AHL forever might have a better shot at playing on the Rangers because of injury or something. Yeah. I, I like it. I mean, I was a fan of this year when they came up with the idea. I was like, that's a really good idea. It's one of the few ideas. I'm like, yeah, the NHL got that right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Kincaid too. I think he's, he's been great, but I just wouldn't be as comfortable having him as our like number one backup. So I think like as that third string, I think he, he fits in really well there. Now, the last wrinkle to this whole thing, Henrik Lundqvist is healthy next year. Says, I want to come back to the Rangers. Oh, my. What do you do? Oh, my God. Like, I, I, think, I think I would sign him if he has the, the same mentality as us that he's not going to be, like – Yeah, I think if he comes back, back and he's like, I'll – I think Larry Brooks came with the article at Pika Rene this last week, and he's like, the Rangers need a veteran – to back him up when they have Kincaid, so I didn't understand the article. I'm like, Kincaid's been an angel goalie for years. Rene. And P- he's like, Oh, Pika Rene's gonna be available. I'm like, Uh, there's another Swedish guy who's really good at goal that played here for 35 years. <laughs> um, maybe they go look at him next offseason if he wants to play again. I mean, but, I, I would do it if if he has if if he's not like itching to get back to a starting position, I would I would do it. Why not? Yeah, but I mean, you'd have to probably give up Gorgie after I trade. Mm. I think Georgiev has lost a significant amount of value since last offseason, and I think you're selling him low. Yeah, the Rangers should have definitely cashed in on that last year because they still had Lundqvist. Um, even though, even though he got injured, you still would have got had Kincaid, and I think having Kincaid for the rest of the season would have been would have been fine. He did a nice job. Uh, I just trust I trust Ben Waller. He's going to figure it out. I'm very happy they kept him. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, th- when that when that tweet came out, I saw like firing and Ben Waller's name included in there and I I literally like started shaking. I was like no way they got rid of him. But it's he, it's strong. insane the way these goalies talk about him. Like it's crazy. Like they're like he is like the goalie whisperer. Like first <laughs> off, if he walked by me, I could not tell you who he was. I was literally just going to say, I don't even know what the man looks like. I don't know how old he is. I don't know where he's from. All I know <laughs> is his name and that he's the goat of goalies. That's all I know. <laughs> I know he's got a brother who also is a big time goalie coach. And that's pretty much the extent of it. I'm pretty sure he's ball headed. I might be completely wrong about that. I have no idea. But all I know is that Lundqvist was unbelievable underneath him. And I love him. And... <laughs> And like these goalies, like I've had so many goalies on the show, and they're like, I was really struggling. And then like I got with Benny, and like he really turned my game around. And like, and I don't want every goalie, like I, they bring in there, look at like Talbot, like was so good. And he's been, you know, he was, he's been better, but like he, when he left, he was really played rough in Edmonton. Like, yeah. uh, you know, um, Ronta was like okay with Chicago, like really played well with the Rangers, turned it into a big deal with Arizona. And like he's been okay with Arizona, like not great since he's right. left. It's like all these goalies, you look at them and like, all right, well, yeah, there's like, maybe there is a little bit like a magic in that goalie room here. Like whatever this guy does, like he gets the best out of them. But that's why when I saw that, I was like, oh, good. Like they're keeping him. Thank goodness. 
<laughs> we had Olaf Lindbaum on, and he hasn't even played for the Rangers, and he's saying that he's the goalie whisperer. <laughs> like he's just like, yeah. Anytime any any goalie that needs help or is struggling, go to him. Yeah, he'll fix you up right away. Like yeah, and apparently like he he's such a crazy goalie guy that like he watches all the Hartford games. And like he calls the goalies in Hartford and tells them like, "Hey, this is what we can include." Like he goes on the Hartford and like goes on the ice with them down there too. Like he's everywhere in the organization. Like he's not just with the Rangers. Wow. So like he's just he's like super involved in all the development of these goalies. To the point where I was like asking, um, who was it? Uh, I forget who I was asking to, but I'm like, who makes the goal? Like who? Oh, it was, um, Kenzie Skapsky. I was like, so who like when you got to New York? Like who was making? Because he didn't play for like 20 games. And I was like, you know, when you were sitting on the bench, like, were you like thinking you ever play? And he's like, well, it really wasn't um, like it was all Benny's call. Like he was the one who would decide who played goal that night. So like if he wow. didn't see, like if he didn't like what I was playing, like I wouldn't play. So like that, I'm, I don't know if that worked under Quinn or what it's been like. Like that was under Vigneault and that was under Torts. So like, I don't know if he's still like the one who makes the decision on like what guy goes, like, cause he'd have the feel for it. But like, obviously he is like, the goalies are. I'm pretty sure David Quinn had the say on who's playing in goal so because he had that thing in the beginning of the year where it's like we're just going to keep going with whoever gets us the wins or whatever. Yeah, well, he Which also like yeah. He also said that after one of the games this year, there was like a bad defensive thing, and he's like, I gotta talk to uh, another guy. I thought Jock Martin should have stayed. I thought he was really good for the yeah, Rangers defense. Me too. Um, and like the guys really liked him. And after Ruff was so bad, like I really thought they'd keep him. Um, but he was saying, like, I remember earlier this year, like, oh yeah, like uh, you know, Jocks is the one who's setting the pairings. And I thought that was really interesting. I I, I like him too. yeah, like you said, especially me and me and Joey literally hated Ruff's guts and bring in a guy like that who literally took our defense and turned it around on its head and one of the top five PKs in the league. I think he did yeah. great. But I think it's also like you, like if you're going to bring in a new coach, I think you want him to kind of have guys that he's comfortable with. So I don't know if like – like you don't really have an assistant coach before you, you hire your coach. Like that coach kind of gives you recommendations on who he wants to like be on the bench with, I think. So that might have been something, but um, I, I really liked him too. Yeah, I, you're right, though. You're right. If you bring in, you bring in your own guys, I guess, when you come in. But I was just like, you know, you see it sometimes with younger coaches. Like, oh, yeah, we have a veteran guy who's going to be here with you. Um, but obviously, they're going to probably go a veteran route over, you know, they, Quinn, they had, you know, Lindy Ruff come in because he was a veteran coach to kind of like help him through that gotcha, process. Yeah. But, you know, now they'll have probably a more veteran head coach coming in that it will be able to run the show themselves and not worry about it. I'd love for them to mold a coach like Brindamore. I don't know where Brindamore started in, in Carolina. I don't know if he was just thrown into the job or if he worked his way up. But I'd love for them to do something like that because, you know, what's working out, that's working out. Like, Yeah, I would say so. Carolina. I mean, but I, I think that that's a, lot, that's a lot riskier bet than getting someone that's – Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, saying, I'm not saying for right now. So you're, you're saying like – I'm you're, thinking two years ahead. Are you okay. saying like kind of like Knobloch? Yeah, so like, okay. So like keep him in the system the next couple of years. And if you hire, say, you know, I mean, I want them to hire Gallant. I don't know about you guys. I don't yeah, know if you want too. to come back. Yeah, okay. All right. So we're all in agreement there. Um, but like you bring in, say, like for whatever reason, Gallant goes somewhere else. So they just can't agree at terms. And they bring in like a Claude Julian, who's an older guy. Yeah. I know. I see your face. I, I, I know. <laughs> Not, I don't want him either, but like he's a veteran coach. Like I you know. bring him yeah. in. And I'm only saying that because I don't want Babcock. I think that would be <laughs> miserable. And I don't think Torts is the right guy for this team. Yeah, me either. As but, much as um, I love his, his like, press conferences after the game, he wouldn't be a good fit for this. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him being like, hey, Laffy, go block a shot. Like, I don't like, <laughs> like benching Kako for, like, not, like, putting oh, his teeth in. Like, not, like, Ryan Callahan sprawling out for a block shot. Like, I, I, I just can't see that, but. If Booch didn't take the step forward he did this year defensively, he Torch would have a field day with him. Oh my goodness, he'd be benched. <laughs> I mean, Torch used to bench Kreider back in the day. Like he Auto too, yeah. Yeah, like remember JT Miller like was in his doghouse forever. Like yep. there's a lot of really good young players that he just didn't and it led to the Rangers trading them because Yeah. Like, That's what know, happened like, with Gabby too. Yeah. 
It's funny. I think when Line A got sat one of like the first games at Columbus, I think Gabrick tweeted out to him is like, oh, like first time getting benched. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Torts' world. Been there, done that. <laughs> Tanner Glass is seeing minutes over him. And it's like, what is going on? Prust is playing top line minutes over Gabrick. Yeah, see, like that's the kind of stuff we we were seeing with Quinn a little bit too, which is I, I just don't want that. I just don't think Tort, yeah, Torts and Babcock are not the guys for the job. Um, and Galan, obviously, I, I've been saying this for so long. I think his last two firings have been like, like you can you. There's arguments against not firing him, and in both cases, yeah, they were controversial um, in Florida and then with Vegas. Like, I don't really see why either team made those moves, but I think he's the best guy out there right now. It does scare you though, right? Like not knowing like why that happened. Like, like there's obviously reports came out in Vegas. Like the owner kind of wanted someone different for whatever reason. He was upset they didn't go back to the cup the second year. Um, didn't like the start they had, and like Gallant wasn't, I guess, upfront with him with some stuff. Like what he was thinking. I don't know. I, it seemed like kind of like a snap firing. Like the whole thing with, um, with Florida was weird too. Like he just kind of like had a good year, and then they just the next year they just mid-season we're like yeah we're done with you now I, I like him I think when I read more about him and when I see what players say about him he seems like a really good players coach um like kind of like old school but also like adapts to new school obviously Rob Brendamore I think if for some reason something falls apart in Carolina like he is the guy they need to go all in on yeah. like he is a hard nose but like new edge like he said in an interview the other day, like I let the like the players determine where the coaching like I don't have a coaching style. Like I let the players determine my coaching style. Wow. Like I coach to each individual player, which I think, like I talked to guys about Quinn. Like Quinn was a very like college coach. So like he was like, this is what we do. Like we play hard this way. Like we do it this way. It's not like Panarin. You can you know be creative. Like go do this. Like it's like no, we all do the same thing in the neutral zone. Like we all do this. Yeah. So like, I think that's like something they need because these young kids are like, they're so highly skilled that you can't just tell like, you know, a Lafreniere, like, yeah, I want you to, you know, you're only going to carry the puck in the neutral zone and then dump it in. Like, like that doesn't like these older coaches, like, that's what they play. Like they play, you know, yep. they can't play a dump and chase this team. Yeah, like, no, they can't. And I've been saying it for so long. These guys are literally a lot of, all these guys have never played that dump and chase game. They've like their whole life. They've been top six players their whole life. They've been scorers. Um, and then they come to the NHL and you're like, yeah, dump the puck in and go after it. And yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's a hard transition. You saw it with Kako too. And ev- that's why everyone is like, like they think we got so unlucky with our draft picks with Kako and Lafreniere. They're like, oh my gosh, they're like so terrible. They've had like, like terrible offensive production in their first and, and second years for Kako second year. Um, and it, it's just because of Quinn, the, the style that he's, he's played them in. I think if you, if you let those players go, it's going to be insane. And they would have been just as good as any other kind of first or second overall pick coming in. It needed I, clear for them. The younger guys need a different offensive system, period. Like they cannot, they cannot work under the dump and chase. They need to be cycling the puck, going to the net, getting open for each other. Cause you know, Kako's good at, you know, moving the puck around the, along the half wall. He's good. His edge work is outstanding. Lafreniere is really good at getting set up in the slot. His positioning is outstanding. And, you know, if you put those two together, you could have some magic, honestly, if they have the right system. Yeah. Not dumping and chasing, carry the puck in, find a way in, inside, and, you know, let it happen, I guess. You were saying people like outside of Ranger fans who say they're all busts, like all the young kids are busts because Kako didn't put up 30 goals and Lafreniere didn't score 30 goals. Listen, don't you love it? Don't you love it? I, I like smile ear to ear when I see Devils fans post about it. <laughs> and then I see like in their Twitter bio, it's like Jack Hughes fan club. I'm like, <laughs> you know, Lafreniere scored more goals than him this year, right? <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? Like, you're, he put up 21 points. Like, Kako had more points than him as a rookie. Like, he has 51 career points, like 100 something games. Yeah, like you're really gonna start like this is the the hill you're dying on right now. (laughs) Guy was a minus 30 player his first year, like unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, Devils fans got some nerve, I can tell you that. 
not not every first overall pick in the league is going to be like Matthews or McDavid. It's it doesn't happen often. Uh, you got to build. You got to you have to build with time for the road ahead. Yeah. Not every not everyone is able to do that. It's very rare that someone like McDavid or Matthews. Ironically, they came in back to back years, so that's how often. Um, but since it's been. It's been pretty difficult to find one of those top guys to come right out of the draft and just start scoring. Anyways, I think that about does it for us uh, on this episode of the podcast. Kyle, thank you for coming on. We had a great conversation. I think I think it was great. If you haven't, go subscribe to his podcast, follow it, get a, leave a like, leave a five-star review. That would be great. Any last words, Kyle? No, guys, thanks so much for having me. It was a great time. And uh, we'll go watch the rest of his playoffs and be sad about the Rangers not being there and uh, and just dream of off-season signings. <laughs> yep. yep. you doing? All righty. Hypotheticals, but <laughs> take it easy, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't. Stay